Hello? Oh, shoot. Oh, Not sorry. yet. <laughs> you can't I, curse in the microphone. I, well, I forgot to bring my cell phone up, and I see that everybody Everyone has... Everyone has theirs. I have a concordance in this large Bible. That's right. Old school. Old school it. I'll old school so, it. So, hey, let's bring it in. We are um, beginning the summer soapbox. So, really, I told these people that we wanted to have these people. These people. What do you mean, these people? <laughs> you people. Always starts out a bad conversation. That is true. I told these guys and girl, and each week we're going to have a different panel. But I said, hey, we want to have a debate. So, um, you saw them shaking hands earlier, and that was good luck, good luck, good luck. <laughs> so, we're going to have a biblical discussion. This is a debate. No. <laughs> this is and I don't That's the last thing you want to I already have fifty percent of <laughs> the support, I think. So I'm looking pretty good for Are you guys hearing debate. Bart? Nope. No Bart, no Ron. I can project no. louder no Ron. Are you uh, no see if you're muted. Are you muted? I'm, I can't I don't think I'm muted, but let's see here. Uh, let's check one too. No, I'm not muted. I'm 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 on you I'm not touching it. All right. Hey, we're gonna get through it. We'll just talk really that's right. Then we're going to have a debate. So let's, let's pray, and then uh, we're going to get started. God, we thank you for today. I ask that, that through this discussion today, the summer soapbox, that we would have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts willing to surrender to you, feet um, willing to run in obedience. God, may we just comprehend your word today. I ask that, that you would bring life that there would be greater hope and peace and joy. Mm -hmm. God, may we walk in the greater fullness of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the first question we're going to address in this series, and next week's the challenging one. Um, next week, uh, we're actually going to address the question that came through about the LGBT community and what the church... Um, in general, in our church specifically, um, thinks about it. So we want to stir up questions, and that's why we have a panel of people, because we want to hear different perspectives. We want to hear different strategies. It just doesn't need to always come from one leader. So next week, we're going to address that hard question. But today, we're specifically discussing sin versus bad habits. That question came through. What's the difference of sin and bad habits. So if this question that was proposed um, by this person, by this individual or um, team of people, if it was referring to you have a bad habit of eating Snickers after every meal, or you eat 35 Snickers a day, we probably address that question a little bit different, right? But, um, or if, or if, if, if those who get up at 6 a.m. versus those who have a bad habit of sleeping until 11 a.m., if there's a difference in their righteousness, we would address that differently as well too, right? But um, I believe in peace that some bad habits might not be sin. But I also think that um, playing video games all day on your free time um, could likely be pulling you away from God's given destiny. Therefore, a bad habit can also be sin, which means that um, because you lack the spirit of self-control, you're sinning. 
So there is um, ideas of, yeah, maybe not every bad habit is a sin, but I do think there's a case for it to be, be that. Um, so is, you, statistically, it says that 20, uh, it takes 21 days to create a habit, right? Have you guys ever heard that? Yeah. But it takes three days to break one. So there are good habits. There's a good habit of working out. There's a good habit of eating appropriately. There's a good habit of reading your Bible and praying. But there's also the bad habits, right? And I would say that good habits are less about the word habit and maybe more about the word discipline, right? We have good disciplines in our lives. So, um, so I have the panel. And I've sent them a couple questions to discuss um, good versus bad habits. So when it comes to sin and bad habits, what are the differences in your opinions? And we'll start with Krista. Oh, um, I think I land a lot in line with what, what you said that um, the way we define a bad habit um, or habit um, kind of helps to determine um, the difference. Uh, I was processing that this week and um, I thought about, you know, I'm trying to train my children in common societal expectations and norms like we don't eat our boogers, <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's not, um, it's not going to be a moral <laughs> issue that's going to determine one of my children's destinies <laughs> um, in heaven or hell. But it could um, cause an aversion between her and some people if they're not willing to listen to her because she's known as like that. She does gross things. I can't even listen to her because what she's doing is gross. So I do think that sometimes like just an amoral kind of non, non-sin issue can become something that can even put a barrier. So we just have to be really careful. I land on um, with those bad habits that aren't really like harming my body or somebody else's um, or my interaction with somebody else or hindering their relationship with the Lord. I view those as kind of... Um, moderation is the key. We need to be able to, to walk a line where we're not offending someone. The, the Bible teaches us to honor others above ourselves. So if our behavior in that kind of bad habit way is offensive, we need to um, consider how to change that in order to live at peace, as far be it as us, to live at peace with everyone um, and have self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. So if we're walking in the Spirit, some of those bad habits would be self uh, would be a self-control or self-discipline kind of an issue. Um, as far, I think the heart of this question, though, is uh, the way I understood it, was that a bad habit is a, a um, it's almost like there's a, a sense, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, if you're the people or person who put this question in there, but it seems almost like we try to justify um, remaining in a habit that we would like to not call sin. And if I'm, if I'm misunderstanding that, either way, I think probably it applies to some of us in here. I do that um, in my life, that sometimes God reveals something to me and I justify it. Well, it's not really a sin issue. It's maybe not as good for my marriage for me to sit and watch two hours of TV a night instead of engaging in conversation with my husband. But the TV isn't harming me, 
as a, as a person, depending on what I'm watching. And I, it, but I have to consider how it how it affects him um, and and the people around me. So I think that um, if I'm justifying a behavior in order to um, continue feeding my flesh with disregard to other people or to what it might be doing to my soul, then it crosses into sin. It's good. Stu? I don't have anything left. <laughs> that was deep. That was good. Uh, it's interesting. When I, when I read that um, comment, I, I see that reflecting in my own life and life of things that I would consider habit or sin. And it's funny because if it really is one of those things for me that it's between me and God in the matter of where, where does my consciousness uh, of him lie within whatever that thing is. And just to give an example, very easy for me to have a conversation with somebody about smoking. And I may tell them, I say, you realize that your body is the temple of the Lord's. And they can oh, yeah. And I say that while my belly is almost touching them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So my overeating or my, my, my love for food is one of my habits. There's things that I love to eat, and there's this, there's this uh, occurrence that happens because of that. And my body is also the temple of the Lord. So I have to be careful not to go and judge somebody for that thing. Because smoking isn't going to have you burn in the fires of hell. Overeating isn't either. Neither of them are good for you. you know, so, so for me, it's one of those things that falls in that habit range. But I know in my heart of hearts that God wants to me, me to be fruitful and highly effective and be able to physically uh, go and, and minister his gospel and, and take care of the least of these and things like that. So I need to be in good health. I need to have those things in check. So I have to be very careful that I don't place that judgment on others. I really need to look at myself and say, okay, God, this, this eating thing getting out of control. You're going to have to help Stu do something here. Um, so I, I would make those things as light as that. But that, like Krista kind of alluded to, there are some things that we know that are up and over the edge of, it's just a bad habit. No, it's not. What, what we need to do is be honest with God. And we call sin what sin is. If sin is missing that mark, sin is that thing that God doesn't want us to do, even if it's just for us. doesn't matter if it's for your neighbor. If that thing is something that's keeping you from his righteousness or, or his, uh, his work, um, don't, don't do those things. Um, I, I don't know if you're going to have us talk about how we're, how we're spiritually balanced or how we're biblically balanced for that, Joey. You mentioned that, but I, there, are, there are scriptures that help keep me in check for those things, and mm -hmm. maybe we'll go over that in a bit. I have this. Yeah. That's it. You want mine? I can just hand you mine. Yeah, we can just do that. Well, no, uh, Justin's going to grab the handheld. Okay, cool, cool. Sure, I don't mind. Do Let's do Bart. Bart. Yeah. yeah. Well, do I need a handheld? Oh, you need a handheld too. Okay. Check, check. Oh, there I am. <laughs> hello, nice. Hello. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> um, so, are you ready? You can go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, it's important to know the difference between uh, a habit and sin, like how it's defined. Because um, I think scripture is very deliberate. And so, you know, a bad habit, um, as it's defined as a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. I mean, I think we all can make a list of bad habits in our life. Mm -hmm. You know, things that are habitual, that we're having a hard time giving up. And then sin is an immoral act considered to be a transgression against God's law. There is no real gray area with Scripture because everything's kind of defined throughout Scripture. 
And so even the point, and I think this is where I went right off the bat with this, which is it causing my brother to stumble? Um, because, uh, you know, I too took it as, am I trying to make my bad habit okay? Well, it can't be okay if it's causing um, maybe a bad testimony of who Christ is in your life or causing a brother to stumble. For example, smoking may not be a, a big deal um, as far as your own personal thing, and I'm not one to judge. However, maybe there's someone that's trying to quit that you're around and you may cause them to stumble. Same with alcohol or what have you. I don't have a problem with somebody having a drink, but if they're helping their alcoholic friend fall off the wagon, then that's a big, big that's issue. Mm -hmm. And so I think as you um, die to yourself, Uh, as far as scripture says, and, and, and take on this life of Christ, you'll start having a little bit of sensitivity to those things. And maybe when you ask yourself, what's the difference between a bad habit and a sin, that might be conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life telling you your bad habit is a sin. Yeah. Um, I, I'm only saying that because I feel like I wrote <laughs> that question like in my own life before. Did you write that question? I did not. Okay. <laughs> I would have wrote some different ones. But I, I feel like it's something that we need to go to Christ about on a regular basis. And, and for me, anything that becomes habitual in my life, I really try to take it to the Lord and break those things because I don't want anything controlling me. And I'll tell you right now, my bad habit is, is coffee. It is caffeine. What's wrong with coffee? I'll tell you, you know what? You know what's wrong with coffee? That's a touchy one. When I try not to have it, I be I don't know if there's a word like hangry for coffee, <laughs> but I become kangry, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I don't want that controlling me, and I I'm cognizant of that, and so I even pray about that sometimes and try to try to space it out a little bit. Try not to have too many coffee drinks. Tim, were you quitting nodding so heavily? And I can relate to that a little bit. Um, I found one of, my morning, one of my morning habits would always be eating food. And it would just be like... It's called breakfast. That's called breakfast. It's called breakfast, really. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, where you at, Justin? Is that a bad habit? <laughs> Is breakfast a sin? I also have that M habit. <laughs> That's what I'm not giving up. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. I hope that's right. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> wow. Go ahead and finish your thought. One of my morning, the things that I mourn with is food. And what I started to realize yeah. is it was like, there's this habit, this thing that I go back to, that it would always be going to eating food, yeah. where sometimes it could be coffee and it could be all these other things. So why do I let this habit, even though it's breakfast, how, why do I let this habit control my life? And what I began to realize is that these habits are the way that I'm mourning and dealing with my issues instead of taking it to God. Hmm. Correct. So then the food would take place of actually the prayer. The, the food would take place of the intercession. The food would take place of being honest with myself and being honest with God. And I started to realize I need to start limiting some of the things that I'm consuming and, and be disciplined to break this because the food's not going to bring healing but Christ will. Amen. So, so I can good. relate to that. Right, and you might be able to say because like in the, in the addiction world, um, that's called a trigger. Like, mm -hmm. like uh, something will trigger uh, an addiction or a response. And you'll, 
it may be depression, it may be going through some highs or lows in your life or whatever, maybe a song you hear or whatever. So in those moments, God wants to be what we go to. And when he becomes what we're not reliant on, that can be a sin, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, no matter what it looks like, even if it looks pretty, it can be a sin. Your beautiful girlfriend or boyfriend that you go to instead of Christ can be a sin in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and because of, you, you nailed it, like um, a lot of people, you know, we pull the ice cream out when mm-hmm. our girlfriend breaks up with us. I've never had that happen. Um, <laughs> but Okay, I just lied. I repent. I'm sorry. Um, but but you'll, what you'll do is you'll go to that. Something triggered that, and Christ wants us to go to him. He wants to be uh, the substance that we need and that we desire in our highs and in our lows. And you're, you're 100% right. Ron, where are you at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, check, check. My check. <laughs> Y'all got me on here? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. There we go. Glad you guys can hear me. Um, so, so many good comments that uh, I've heard there. And um, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, I'm out again. There we go. Um, it's a good thing because, you know, um, you know, I necessarily don't, you know, have to cover those things. And so... Uh, I would say, from my personal, you know, opinion, you know, this subject speaks to me a lot. Um, and, you know, just how Paul, he said, I'm the chief sinner of all sinners, um, while I'm the chief of all bad habits. And so, uh, because I, I, I do have so many bad habits, I'm always relying on the Lord to show me where those things are, so that he can correct me on those things. And so, um, so that, that line doesn't get blurred between me wondering if I'm sinning and doing a bad habit. So, uh, for instance, um, you know, if there's a guy, if there's a guy who's has a hard time uh, paying back his school loans, let's say something like that, he may not take that very seriously. He may think of that as a bad habit. Um, However, someone else may take it as you are stealing from people. Mm -hmm. And um, the person who is uh, uh, believes that he's stealing from people if he's being sincere with God, God will tell him that that is a sin. <laughs> However, if the guy who only sees it as a bad habit or he doesn't take it that seriously, um, for him, it can just be, you know, I'm going to get around to it when I can. And so I just believe God speaks to us individually. And um, I believe that difference is awareness to how God is speaking to us. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Can I just uh, continue on one of the things that Bart was saying about the definition? I also looked up um, the definition of habit, and uh, two of the words really stuck out to me. It said um, involuntary. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is one of my trigger words. When I see that something is involuntary, I like control. And I think God asks us to live a a self-controlled life with a sound mind and and clear on um, our approach to life. We're, we don't just do anything willy-nilly that is out of our control. Mm-hmm. So when something becomes involuntary and that comes to my attention instantly, I'm like, ding, ding, red flag, let's, mm-hmm. let's address that. Um, so that, that was one of the words. And then another word that um, uh, stood out to me in, in the way my bad habits might affect other people, because bad habits are really, I think we've all said, bad habits are not just about me. Um, as a part of the body of Christ, um, we have each other, and then also as witnesses to the, uns- to the, the unsaved, the, the pre-saved um, people out pre-saved. there that, that we'll like that. be interacting with. I, 
I think <laughs> our responsibility is, is really high to um, demonstrate a lifestyle that is in accordance with what we say we believe rooted in God's word. And um, so it said, uh, one of the other um, definitions of a habit is a prevailing character quality. Uh, um, and I was like, oh, wow. So my habits could, ha mm -hmm. could, could project um, my character to those who are, who are observing me. Mm -hmm. And um, so I really, if I want to be a person of, of high um, noble character who is not considered a, a hypocrite or who's not considered, you know, um, it just who, who is not considered in a, I guess, unholy light, um, I, I want to be able to nip those things mm -hmm. in the butt. So for me, one of the things that I just considered is a sin can be a one-time instant instance like, oh, I, um, yesterday Macy and I were driving and a guy flipped us off. Whatever. We were doing everything we were supposed to do. And he had a bad day. God bless him. Literally, please, God bless him. So he flipped us off. That could be the only sin that he, he committed. But if he has a, um, if he has a machine gun trigger, right, and just always flipping people off, then that's a habit. And what we have to be careful of is our sin doesn't become a bad habit of sin. Mm -hmm. And what I realize is often um, in, my in my life specifically, and, you know, other lives as well, that when we begin to have uh, bad habits of sin, then our heart isn't in the right place. So bad habits, I believe, often lead to Christ not being at the center of your heart, which means what do we do? We involve him in that area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We just get him involved. So we'll just start from left to right or from right to left here. Um, what is a biblical stance that first comes to your mind when it comes to sin and bad habits? A biblical... What's the first biblical stance, thought, scripture? Um, you know, Paul said in scripture uh, to, that he has to beat his body and make it his slave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, um, when you first get... I feel like when I first got saved, first off, when I first got saved, I was with a bunch of Pentecostals. So I thought the race was over. It's like, man, we won. Everybody's cheering and, and everything. But then Monday came, and my world didn't change outside of me getting saved. And uh, I went back to work with the same old people, and the same people were in my family. And, uh, and so you still had to live that life. And so there are moments that you have to beat your body and make it your slave. There are moments that you have to lay down certain things. And I hear people all the time, <clears throat> all, all the time, um, having conflict, relational conflict with other people. And they're always like, I'm not going to be a doormat for anybody. I'm so glad Jesus didn't think that. <laughs> because none of us would be saved if he wasn't willing to be a doormat for everybody. Amen. And when we're called to be Christ-like, often we're called to be a living sacrifice and to lay down our lives for our brothers. And I think that we say those things and they sound pretty. Mm -hmm. But what does that really mean? Um, being a pastor, before there were people that always wanted to volunteer and help out in the church, and there were certain bad habits that I paid attention to, and I would not ask those people to help. And it was, they showed up late often. 
They had a bad habit of showing up late. Well, when you are a leader and you're on a tight time schedule, you pay attention. You're like, man, I, I really want those people to help, but they have a hard time making it here. So then what becomes your testimony or legacy is that you can't be count on. And you don't want that to happen either. And so I think it's important to have these conversations, especially with your leaders or with people that have expectations on you because in the body of Christ, we all wanna do something, don't we? I'm sure that there's someone sitting in the seats out there that's like, I, I never get asked to do anything and that you may want to do more. Maybe have that conversation with, I'm going to have them knock on your door, mm -hmm. uh, Pastor Joey, and have that conversation of what do I got to do to do more mm -hmm. around here? Because I think that those are important characters and qualities. So when I think of the spiritual side of it or the, the biblical mm -hmm. side of it, I also, um, one thing that I, a verse I've always held to me is Ephesians chapter four and verse 22 through 24 says this, it says, put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and corrupt through the deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and the righteousness of holiness. It's okay to, in your quiet time, say, God, that's asking a lot. Mm -hmm. But that's what we should be trying to do. That's what we should be striving for is to be holy now, I get it. When we look in the mirror, we're not close. However, we should get back up and keep trying, right? Mm -hmm. You should mm -hmm. always be trying to, to do better and be willing to lay something down. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm willing to lay down what's separating me from a better life with Christ. If we, if we do that formula on a piece of paper, like what we would have to subtract in our life to equal a better relationship with Christ, we'd all say yes, but it's not about the paper, it's about actually doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. What about you, Ron? Um, yes. Um, first scripture that comes to me is obviously John 15, 20 through, 22 through 24. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and this is still dealing with the topic of awareness, God speaking to us and saying to us, um, asking us to have a contrite heart to where we are sincere and we are authentic with him. And uh, John 15, 22 through 24 says, if I had not come and spoken, spoken unto them that they had sinned, um, they had not sinned. But now that I have, they have no cloak for their, sin, for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now, have they both seen and hated both me and my father? Now, uh, from that verse, what he's saying is that he came to the people, and if he had not spoken to them that they had sinned, then they would have never been aware of it, so they could not have sinned. And um, so I, th I think in, in some way, if God is not speaking to us mentally or we have not heard from him through the Holy Spirit that, that something is wrong, a lot of times it's, it's hard for us to be able to see it as a sin. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. There with me. However, if God has spoken to us and he tells us that, hey, that is wrong, we're going to feel, feel this heavy conviction on our heart. And that is when it becomes a sin, the difference from a bad habit. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So uh, there's this verse in James 4, 17, um, and it says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does it not do it and does not do it to him, it is sin. Mm-hmm. So, so if we are, if we are engaging in something and, and, and I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us at all times and comes in a, in a small voice and it speaks to our ears and it says that, hey, you need to, you need to pull away from this. And, you, and, and I want you to be over here. And, and sometimes we can disregard or not listen to his voice. And, and when we do that and it happens for a long period of time, we end up being somewhere where we don't want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so I would say it's that awareness, it's that listening to the Holy Spirit's voice. If he tells us that something is wrong, um, then we should be obedient to that voice. And when we're not, it's sin. Mm-hmm. Good perspective. <clears throat> um, for me, there's, there's uh, well, am I kind of hot? Tamara, you can answer that, but. <laughs> Sorry. She's back there nodding, oh yeah. <laughs> um, if you're familiar with, at all with, with Paul's uh, teachings to the church in Romans, there's one place that I really relate to him well, and it's the doo-doo speech. And uh, if any of you don't know the doo-doo speech, it's in uh, Romans 7, starts with verse, uh, around verse 14. Um, but he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do it. But what I hate to do, I do that. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that, it's the, that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it's the sin living in me. And I know that nothing good lives in me that's from my sinful nature. Mm. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, but it's the evil of the things that I don't want to do. It, I call that the doo-doo speech because he's saying, why, why is it that I do the things that I don't want to do, but the things that I'm supposed to do, I don't do? And in my own mind, that's something I play with every day. It's like, I know that I need to talk to that person about Christ, but I'm at work. I'm on the clock. We'll figure out a way to talk to them about Christ. That, that's, that's, the, that's the sin of omission if, I, if I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing in that moment when God pokes me and tells me I'm supposed to be doing that. But that struggle I, I get from him, and he even finishes that chapter with, oh, what a wretch am I. You know, I'm one of the worst, but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, He's, he's making that point that if it were up to me, I, I'm just, I'm a wreck and I want to stay in that continual loop of doing the things that I, that I shouldn't be doing and not doing the things that I should be doing. But then I, I love that, but then I circle back to the one thing that will, it'll, it'll put some, um, it'll really put you in check with God. And to me, it's one place that I have to put myself often. And it's Psalm 139, um, verse 23. And this one's really simple. It's a real simple thing. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. So if I stand before God, not in a cocky way, but if I stand right before him, his son and the Holy Spirit, and I say, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See me and see if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in your way everlasting. Well, of course there's offensive ways in me. Of course I have anxious thoughts. But I'm standing before the Father and his Holy Spirit and his son saying, Father, test me. I, I need you to, to check me. Because if I, if I check myself, I'm pretty pure and I'm a good guy and people love me. And if, if I let God do that check for me, it's like, oh, man, you got so much going on. You need me to clean that up. And I put myself at check with him. And I do that on almost a daily basis. I pray I do it on an hourly basis because I need to get real with him. I, I don't have to get real with you. If I get real with him, he cleans those things up. Then you see Christ through me because of him, not, not because of me. That's it. Good. Can I, um, sorry, can no, I add, some, can yeah. add something to that? I think that's really good too because um, it's showing that uh, what he was saying was that we are, 
walking in relationship with Father, with the Father, and we're going to the Father for anything that He wants to give to us. Um, and so, uh, what I think of that verse in Romans seven is it's like Paul being like open with these people, and he's like, "Here, I'm an open book. This is who I am." And so he's going to the Father so that the Father can shine the light on his deeds. And so um, in Romans 8 and 1, following that, he says, Therefore, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, Amen. comma, who walk not who after walk. the flesh, comma, mm-hmm. but who walk after the Spirit. And so when we are going after the Spirit, the Spirit will reveal things to us that may be bad habits, and he'll begin to show us where those lines are and where we should be able to cut and, and section off things. Um, mm-hmm. John 3, 19 through 21 speaks to me a lot and it speaks to all of us, I, I believe, because sometimes we can kind of contort things <laughs> to kind of work in our favor. <laughs> I've, been, I've been able to do that before, but it says, the condemnation is this, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Mm-hmm. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest so that they can be seen, that they were wrought in God. And wrought means that, they're, that they're work, our deeds are worked in God. So um, we who are of truth, even though we may be wrong or may, we may have bad habits, we're willing to go to the light so the light can shine on us and God can reveal things to us. Mm-hmm. Amen. So. Mm-hmm. I'm checking off a lot of, for those note takers like Laura and Teresa and a few of the others out there, um, I'm checking off a lot of the scriptures that I had (laughs) written down that you guys have said. And it's, um, those are like powerhouse scriptures and kind of our our go-tos, which are really good. Um, I think um, in Corinthians where it it talks about, um, I have the right, uh, specifically Corinthians 10, uh, 22, and then uh, actually earlier in Corinthians 1 Corinthians 6, um, around verse 12, it says, um, I have the right to do anything, um, but not everything is beneficial for me. And I have the right, I can say, I have the right to do everything, but not everything is constructive. Um, No one should seek their own good, but also the good of others. And then uh, when Corinthians uh, 6 says it, it says, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. So it's back to that involuntary kind of habit, that thing that's really just kind of spontaneously happening out of your life that is not uh, within your control anymore, that is not subject to the authority of of the Holy Spirit who wants to be at work in in our lives. Um, I also like, and I I won't read it, but for those of you who are taking notes, um, uh, John 15, 1 to 5, about bearing fruit. Um, I think about what um, my behaviors say about um, my relationship and my, my um, uh, involving, my willingness to involve the Holy Spirit in my life and to produce um, that kind of fruit. Um, there is a scripture that I thought I wrote, and you guys probably know about it, in Colossians, that, where it says, do not be drunk with the Holy Spirit, but be, um, or do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I must not have written that one down, but as you guys were speaking, that one came to mind. It it says, um, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, or or do not be drunk with wine, 
which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I looked up debauchery, and debauchery is sensual indulgence. So those things that just make me feel good um, are the, the reason, like, I think it's connected, debauchery is connected in that passage. Um, it's mentioned elsewhere too, but to drunkenness is because dr- drunkenness allows us to lower inhibitions. Um, we, just, we, we just start doing, you know, what feels good to ourselves. We, that's why some people are an angry drunk or whatever, because finally we have the freedom to just say whatever has been stirring in our hearts. And so kind of from the depths of your heart, your mouth starts to speak whenever we lower our our inhibitions. That's why it's so important to have self-control so that we're not indulging the sensual pleasures of our our flesh. Um, But it says instead, have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, um, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There is no law against those things. Those things will never be called sin, no matter how much you practice them. Um, uh, Let me see. There was one other that I really liked. Oh, um, in Romans 12. uh, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I think if there's a question about, is this sin, we need to start with um, renewing our minds. Mm -hmm. Just come before the Lord and say, okay, where um, where did that thought to do that come from? Or if I'm involuntarily doing something, um, I need to have my mind renewed so that I can now take captive that thought and subject it to the authority of Christ in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. For me, um, I thought, well, how do I get rid of these sins? How do I get rid of these bad habits? 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. No. Yeah, he's faithful and just (laughs) and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. So, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will purify us from all unrighteousness. If we what? If we simply confess, just getting out to God these things is going to bring healing in our lives. And then the other aspect that I was thinking was uh, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, um, work at with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for just human masters. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do it with the best of your abilities unto God. So in bad habits, I can't justify that I'm just doing it for any of these human beings. I have to realize that in everything, everything that I'm doing, I'm doing it unto God. So far too often, we think that our bad habits are not affecting ourselves. Well, they're only affecting ourselves and not others. Therefore, because no one else knows about our bad habits, because no one else cares about our bad habits, because they're not affecting anyone else, then I can do it. But maybe it's a sin. Maybe bad habits are actually sins because we're not offering our best to God. Mm-hmm. I'm saying maybe. I'm not here to say declaratively, like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the verdict. But maybe our bad habits are sins because we're not offering our best. Because you got more than you think you have. You want to know why? The Spirit of God 
the same God, same Jesus that died and then rose three days later is living, living in you. So if the Spirit of God is living in you and your best is just to give in to that bad habit over and over and over and over and over again, keep on trying, right? Mm-hmm. Offer your best. Because sometimes your best is you just got to try. Offer your best unto God. Don't just give in to it. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts with that question? If not, we'll move on. Um, I just wanted to pick up on what Ron had said about um, you feel that weight of conviction. Mm-hmm. And um, just as a, a tip that I try to um, follow, it seems like those moments of conviction are, are when the power of God is with me to overcome almost instantly. Mm-hmm. That if I listen and step in accordance with him, mm-hmm. that I will feel a greater measure of self, uh, you know, self-discipline or, or control. Um, uh, the, God's power, like if he's, I know that because his Holy Spirit is the one convicting me, that his presence is now revealing himself mm-hmm. to me. And I'm like, you're here for mm-hmm. this moment. And if I act now, um, I feel like I have a greater chance of success than if I push it off and say, well, I'll deal with that maybe mm-hmm. a little later or, mm-hmm. or justify out of it. I think that when the spirit's moving, it's mm-hmm. time to get in step. So then question that wasn't proposed, then how do we, how do you discern, how do you um, move forward in the sense of sin ver- or conviction versus guilt? How do you, how do we discern those? Because sometimes guilt and conviction, yes, convictions from God. Guilt do- either comes from ourself or the devil, right? <laughs> how, how do you guys discern conviction versus guilt, condemnation, we know that comes from Satan, versus conviction? I feel like conviction, like you say, comes from God. I feel like guilt is when you've asked God for forgiveness and you still carry around your baggage. Um, hmm. Like, it's in the garden, Genesis chapter 3, right? God creates man, Adam and Eve, and gives them one thing. Do not do this. Do not eat from that tree. Mm -hmm. And um, they do. (laughs) Shocker. And so they eat from the tree they're not supposed to eat from. And then what do they do? They hide. From who? The one person that can save them and help them. Mm -hmm. Don't we do that all the time? Because of our sin or bad habits or whatever, we start hiding from God. And so because they hide from God, why? Because of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. We're not built to carry guilt and shame around. You know why? Because Jesus took stripes for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to carry that around anymore. He bled for that. Mm -hmm. He took all the guilt and shame on the cross. Otherwise, I read it wrong, but I did not. And so in Genesis chapter 3, when, when they're hiding in the weeds, when they're hiding and the angel of the Lord's walking through the garden and says, Adam, where are you? What did Adam have to do next? Confess. Confession is good for the soul. You know why? Because that bondage of guilt and shame, it weighs you down, don't it? And then finally, when you can freely go, we ate from the tree. And now look at us, we're naked. Mm-hmm. Galatians. It, oh, sorry. What, what, what did God say then? Who told you that you were naked? You know why? Because God always knew they were naked. Mm-hmm. God always knew you were going to fall. He always knew you were going to mess up. It's not your job to carry the guilt and shame around. It's your job to get back up. Mm-hmm. And so the conviction is the Holy Spirit telling you, get back up. It's not the Holy Spirit telling you, yeah, you're going to hell now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
right. we got it all wrong when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, sorry, I, just the, the scripture I think that supports what you were saying about the weight of, of the sin. It says, do not let yourselves be burdened um, with the yoke of slavery that comes through sin. Stand firm then in your freedom. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that um, sometimes we do confess those, those sins mm-hmm. following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And then we, we still are like, am I really, you know, but if we're standing firm on the promises of God that he has really forgiven us, then that guilt voice is, we can denounce that. That is clearly not from the Lord because I'm standing firm on, yes, I am forgiven. I have confessed that he has been faithful. He has been just. He has forgiven me my sins. I'm cleansed from all unrighteousness. And sometimes we just have to talk ourselves through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, am I on? Oh, yeah, I am on. Okay, there we go. I just must have really bad ears. Um, so uh, <laughs> he said he thinks they're cute. Um, <laughs> You're not supposed to hear that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I believe, I believe guilt has this uh, compounding effect, like you were saying. And when we run and we hide, we hold on to that guilt. And um, that's why that verse in John 3, 19, 21, that I was saying that, you know, we go to the light so that he can shine the light on our deeds to see if they're worked in God. We can, we can then give that to God and he can forgive us and he'll cast it as far as east is from the west. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and, and the relief of that guilt should come off of our hearts. Um, so uh, guilt works kind of a lot like anger. Anger is something that we shouldn't hold on to because it goes through a fermenting process. We go from grapes of wrath to bitterness, from, from grapes to wine. It becomes stronger if we hold on to it. So um, God wants us to go uh, boldly to the throne room of grace to relieve us of that guilt that we may feel mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a modern vision of... Am I on? I got a modern vision while he was talking about that it being, uh, being seen through that light. Anybody here ever travel through the airports, go through those metal detectors and such? And now you have to go through those solid things where they, they can see everything that's not supposed to be on your body. Those are really weird. But you, you may be one of those people that, well, I, you go through and you get beeped and the officer says, do you have anything else in your pocket? No. You have your belt and I see keys. Can you take those out? Okay. So you're taking the keys off and you're taking the belt off. You keep going through and it keeps beeping and everybody's waiting, getting impatient. But do we do that with God? You know, if we, if we put ourselves in line, it's like, okay, God, I'm good. Beep. Except this. Except this. Except this. And if we finally just relieve ourselves of all those things, but we have to, we, we do have to put our actions and our thoughts in that light so he can, he can just hold us accountable to that. It's like, yeah, you got everything now. It's all right there in the tray. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. I think um, just a, a non-scripture <laughs> response. The first thing that comes to mind when um, I'm thinking, is this the Holy Spirit telling me or is this my, myself? Um, I always err on the side of caution. If, if, if I think it might be the Holy Spirit nudging me in a certain direction, I'm going to start to move there. And it's easier to steer a moving vehicle. So if I'm heading towards what I believe to be God's will at the time, he can turn. He can turn me back, or he can navigate you. Yeah, navigate me a lot easier. But I, just as a general rule of thumb, erring on the side of caution will never, you know, be a bad thing. Um, at, at least, not not that I've experienced. I think that mm-hmm. the the Holy Spirit he convicts um, specifically. And if there is a que- if my next question is, um, do I want to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the flesh in me does not want to, but the spirit, you know, is working with my flesh to get me in, 
in the place where I can be most um, effective in my walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that, like, God's not a principal. Mm-hmm. He's in love with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to portray, like, this big rule book up here. Mm-hmm. That uh, he is full of grace and mercy. And will literally, he is the father from Luke chapter 15 that will run after his son when his son returns home. Mm-hmm. Um, that will pray with the woman at the well that has had many husbands. Mm-hmm. That will say who's willing to cast the first stone and stand in the gap for a woman that was ready to be stoned to death. Um, that will ride a donkey into a city knowing that he'll be murdered in three days mm-hmm. for your sins. So the whole point of this isn't for God or the Holy Spirit to say, you're doing this wrong. Mm-hmm. It's for you to become closer to him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like dating. That's the whole, the whole reason we have marriage is so that we understand what a relationship with God is actually like. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you love someone, you're going to buy them flowers. And you might not even feel like it. And you might only have 10 bucks left. But if you love them enough, you're going you're gonna to spend, I almost said waste, I'm single. Um, <laughs> you're going to spend all that $10 <laughs> to buy those flowers. You're going to cherish that person that you're with because if you don't, someone else might. Mm-hmm. And our purpose with God is to cherish that relationship. What are you doing for that relationship? And if you're just taking, 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 that becomes an issue. Even Sunday mornings, uh, it's not, you don't come here to take, take, take. We do church wrong in America quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We come to give, give, give. Worship is where we come in and we're not like waiting to be moved by worship. We're using worship to move heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and the same with Joey's teaching. I've heard a lot of people leave churches in the past and be like, well, I wasn't being fed there. Well, I don't need to come here Sunday mornings to get fed. I can get fed at home. I get fed in my car. I get fed at work. I get fed because I cherish my relationship with God mm-hmm. because I'm working at it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like as we do this panel thing, we're answering these questions. Don't just sit out there and think, man, God's asking a lot. God has done a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just wants a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. And one of the scriptures I was thinking of was where, where it says, confess to man to be healed, confess to God to be forgiven. And one of the societal issues now is there's a real issue with community and confession. Surely there's been uh, bad leaders in our lives who haven't stewarded our problems well. They haven't restored us. But there's a problem now that our, most of our interaction is through um, the internet. And there's this weirdness of confessing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be healed, you need to walk in authentic community. Mm-hmm. And that means you're going to have to sacrifice leaving Facebook. Literally, on average, I don't remember what it was, there's 20, 20 hours a week that people spend on Facebook, whatever it is. So you're telling me you don't have time to have dinner with someone, but you just spent 20 hours. You just worked a part-time job on Facebook, <laughs> and you didn't even get paid for it. And you don't really have that many friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, Facebook said I got over 1,000 friends. I'm like, where are they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so confess 
confess to man to be healed. You want some of this pressure of your sin, of your bad habits off of you, then you have to be able to walk in authentic community with another human being so that you trust them enough to say, hey, you know what? I was the one flipping the person off. Mm. Please forgive me. But you walk in community with them enough that you know that they're not going to judge you and that they're not going to take you off the place that you should be. Mm -hmm. Sin, I don't think sin always disqualifies you. It might just mean your heart's not in the right position. I've said that before. King David was a sinner. Sin doesn't, didn't disqualify him. It just maybe meant he wasn't, it wasn't his time. So I just want to say, we as a church need to do something different where we begin to walk in authentic community, where then we feel comfortable enough to confess to, confess to man to be healed and then confess to God to what? Be forgiven. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when, where, how, what are ways that you guys find success in defeating sin and bad habits? Krista? Uh, I, think, I think I kind of said it earlier um, with the, the sense of conviction. Just listen. Listen to that voice. And then err on the side of caution if I'm, if I'm still wondering, well, is this actually sin? Well, I'm going to try to eliminate that behavior until I've got clarity from the Scripture and from the you know, from my, my ongoing, you know, Mm -hmm. conversation with the Lord, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be pretty, um, ground. Yeah. I have to be grounded in scripture Mm -hmm. and that eliminates a lot of trouble. It it makes things a lot easier. Andrew said to me last week, I think he said, man, the older I get, the less gray I see. I see so much more black and white because we're grounding ourselves in the scripture. And the scripture really does speak in harmony with itself to, to clarify situations and to cleanse, to cleanse our, our perspectives on, on life, um, every aspect. So if it's grounded in scripture, I can't emphasize enough the importance of knowing, because I'm just, I mean, the big sins, we know that they're wrong because, not because the law of the land, the, you know, police officers tells us they're, they're wrong or the Supreme Court tells us it's okay or whatever. We base it in, in Scripture. And so when we are faced with a, a question of, like, is this a sin issue or not, um, it's a lot easier to discern those things if you know what the Bible already says about mm-hmm. it. I'm just not going to do certain things because... I know the Bible says that's, that's not God's will for me in Christ Jesus. Um, so uh, being grounded in the scripture, um, erring, like I said, on the side of caution that if, it, if, if I think it might be the Holy Spirit, I mean, I, I better be listening just in case. Um, I, I don't want to miss something. And um, accountability, mm-hmm. especially. I mean, it, it's nice because... I have, I, I have the blessing of a, of a marriage partner who is also in step with the Lord, um, who can, you know, kind of bounce back other thoughts and bring fresh, fresh perspective to things. I know that it's really hard. Um, I have some single friends who really want to do um, what's right, and we can be that for each other. Um, accountability doesn't have to just be, like, within. It needs to be with a trusted mm-hmm. person, somebody that you're not just going to cast your pearls before a swine and they're going to go tell everybody your business or whatever. But accountability is, is really helpful because saying it out loud then 
um, this is a struggle of mine, um, or what do you think of this, or how, I, like, how should I up, approach this person that I'm sensing something between? Um, it's, it's really nice to have somebody else who is walking with the Lord to bounce those things off of. Mm -hmm. Good answer. Uh, for me, for me it's, it's a matter of uh, checking, checking myself with God as quickly as maybe sin would enter or, or a bad action would enter. Um, I'll, give it a, I'll give a simple example. And some of you, anybody here drive faster than you should? Bob Ravenstein, <laughs> Tamara Jenkins, <laughs> Stu Jenkins. Um, and sometimes it's because I've let myself go to the point of I, I'm going to be late if I don't just get on the road and do the speed that is a little faster than everybody else. People who really irritate me are those who love that left lane. I don't know if any of you are those people, but there, there's, a, there's a condition of that left lane. It's called a passing lane, and you're supposed to go faster than the current traffic, and then you get over. So oftentimes, I, um, I'm praying in the car, and on my way to work, and I've, I've done this probably three times this year, I am praising God, and I'm telling Him everything that He is and glorious and all that. And then all of a sudden, I'm in a situation where I can't get around this person. I'm like, oh, come on, buddy. I mean, why don't you just like get over and, and I'll just go, God, forgive me. Here I am. I'm praising you with my lips and I'm cursing this man at the same time. I know that's wrong. Forgive me. And I'm still eyeing that card. I'm still angry and I'm still late, but I have to check myself immediately. If I just let that go, then I justify it. It's like, nah, I, you know, just get out of the way. Just get over. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really have caught myself. It's like, God, forgive me. I'm praising you. I'm cursing him. That just feels wrong. And he checks me just like that. So it's over. Then I do it again on Wednesday. God forgive me. I'm going to leave earlier tomorrow. Bad habits. <laughs> Stu's discussing his, he's uh, confessing his bad, bad habits, habits right now. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Ron? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really good. Uh, that road rage is. Uh, I didn't say it was road it, rage. Right? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> It was a spiritual undoing. <laughs> Sue's like, will you just get over, buddy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think those, uh, you know, those moments in the car is when God really speaks to us, speaks to us the most. And um, I, I, I've noticed, you know, um, over my life, you know, different times when God's been able to um, speak to me and he's been able to help me overcome a bad habit, bad habit. So, you know, one of, you know, you know, the things that I would say is, uh, you know, sometimes we, 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 we do different things that could affect us in life, that can hurt us. You know, we may be eating something poorly. Like yesterday, I woke up and then I confess, I, I went to McDonald's and I got two sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and I bashed them and then I went to sleep. And so, <laughs> so, I mean, that's not really good for, you know, probably my cholesterol and a lot of other things. So, um, you weigh a buck fifty and you weigh and you work out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good metabolism. The Lord's blessing me with that. Stop bragging. <laughs> <laughs> now confess arrogance. <laughs> right. I need to pray for arrogance now. It's a bad habit. Um, but there's, you know, there's, you know, even uh, spiritually, there's some different things in our lives that God really just wants the best for us. He really just wants the best for us. And sometimes it takes a form of discipline to do those mm -hmm. things. So if we want better grades, sometimes it takes the discipline of sitting down and studying. Sometimes if we want to be a little healthier, sometimes it takes uh, the little pain of going to the gym. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if we want our finances, sometimes it means holding back a little bit and saving a little bit more. 
And so um, there's this verse in Hebrews that is really good. Um, this is Hebrews 12 and verse 11. And the, the whole verse of Hebrews 12 is really good. But it says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth a peaceable, a peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So a lot of times it may seem like something is painful because we have to stop or we have to hold back or we have to go through a process. However, there's this beautiful beauty that God wants to give to us through that pain. So one of the things that I found out that is very painful for me because I'm, I'm somewhat at heart a glutton, I'm a skinny glutton, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's fasting. It's fasting. You know, I, I, um, uh, when, when I take time to fast, it becomes very painful at times throughout the day because I'm thinking of when can I eat or when can I drink again? However, through that fasting process, God disciplines me to be able to do the things that I need to do. And so, yeah, that's my answer. Bart, you got any confessions? I'm just still thinking about, like, if I were to eat those two sausage McGriddles, I would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have gained 50 pounds right away. They were McMuffins. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, we've all said it, but daily disciplines are important. Um, it's actually a principle that isn't taught very much anymore. We're kind of taught generalities about Christianity, but not practical application often. And we should wake with purpose every day. Mm -hmm. And when you wake with purpose and you have this drive to start your day off right with prayer um, or, or, or what have you, daily disciplines are prayer, um, confessing, um, uh, reading your scripture, having this relational activity throughout the day with Christ, and then acting out what we're called to act out. You're not always going to feel like it. Uh, I, listen, I have friends that can't wait to post selfies on Facebook. You know why? Because they look good. <laughs> they work out. And, and, <laughs> and, Who follows Ron on Instagram? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. I get it. And but what happens is they actually, when they go to the gym, they don't just look at the weights. They pick them up and lift them. Or they get on the treadmill, they don't just look at it. A lot of times Christians just go to church. Or they just own a Bible. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as staring at a treadmill. You've got to open the Bible and you've got to read it. and You've got to do it every day. It's the same thing as having a gym membership but never going. You know, I, I, I go to church every Sunday. So What? So there's a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. And daily disciplines are, are what are you going to do Monday and what are you going to do throughout the week and how are you living your life for Christ? And it, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It's difficult, especially when Stu's behind you and you're going slow in the fast lane. <laughs> and you're like, he doesn't even know that's me in front of him. <laughs> Wait till I see him Sunday. I will never flip you off. Uh, you, I, yeah, you didn't. Macy and I were having a conversation yesterday just about how people deal with really hard times. And um, there's a person we know who, um, who has um, severe cancer. They're expected to not live very long. And uh, we were just discussing how does this person deal with it. And the conclusion came to having a deep, intimate relationship with the Father. That's what it came down to, is having this deep, personal relationship 
not just a come to church and then leave type of relationship, but this deep, intimate relationship that you can only get from putting in time and not looking, not just coming, but actually making an attempt. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's through all sin and bad habits. One of the best ways to defeat them is to prioritize God over everything, to have him in such a distinct place in our lives that um, he's what we want to follow, that our dreams and our goals, um, <laughs> a question I like to ask people is, is when you pray, do you pray that God accomplishes your dream or do you pray that God uh, reveals his dream to you? Far too often, the reason why we're disappointed is, is we're, we're not praying the right prayer because we're telling God what to do. Instead of saying, God, what do you want to be done in my life? So I believe when it comes to sin and bad habits, we have to intimately know who God is and position ourselves for fruit in our lives to say, God, what do you have for me? So have goals. What, what, what goal has God put in your life to accomplish his dream? Not your dream. And you say, but doesn't God say he gives you the desires of your heart? Well, yes, but I think he's giving you desires. He's giving you desires that he wants you to accomplish. And if your heart is in alignment with him, then you guys have the same heart to accomplish the same thing. We need to start aligning our dreams and our goals with him to give us a purpose each day. Most of the things that get people in trouble is they don't feel like they have a purpose. I'm just another person. I'm just overlooked. I don't really matter. I'm not qualified. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. It's not true. Start having God-sized dreams with him because you have an intimate relationship with him and have those goals and then start living into them. So then when you wake up, you don't just say, I'm not growing into the person that I'm supposed to be because of all these other excuses. You're saying, I got the king of kings living in me. I got God on my side. I'm gonna go champion the world. You have purpose when you wake up in submission to him. You don't have purpose when you tell him what to do. Submit to him and allow him to guide your dreams. Um, confession, have goals, have non-negotiables. Um, you will not cross? Yeah. Just lines you don't cross. So several years ago, um, Snapchat came out, and I don't know anything about it now, because here's what I realized, is I'm not, this is a line I'm not going to cross. I'm not going to cross this line, because there's not, there's no question in my mind that I won't see something on there that I'm not supposed to see. And I can't put that in front of Macy in my marriage, and I can't put that in front of the God-given dream and the God-given destiny that God's put in front of my life. So I've never downloaded it, never downloaded it. I've deleted Instagram because Instagram, you can get on there, and you're not even looking for anything. Okay. And it's like several years ago, or two years ago, I deleted it because you get on Instagram and you just see stuff. It's like, I can't have that in my life either. So there's non-negotiables of things that I just say, God, I'm out. I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, even coaching track, um, when I was coaching in Piqua, a lot of the coaches would stretch the athletes. It was awkward. Not me. I'm out. Not going to do it. Not going to stretch any athlete. There's just areas you don't go. Mm -hmm. And maybe you get made fun mm -hmm. of for it. 
Set good habits, right? Set good disciplines. So, um, read, confess, be accountable. Have a God-sized dream. We talked um, real quick, and we're going to end. Um, we're going to wrap up. We talked process last week. Celebrate the process. But we also want to see progress, right? Far too often we get caught up in the process that we're not making progress. And we start making excuses as to why we're not moving anywhere. So have a God-given dream so that you can have progress in your life. So pray this week that God will give you something to partner with him in and with to do, to love another person. What's a legacy if a legacy was just about yourself, right? Make your life about serving God and make your life about loving others. And uh, the last point that I make is be where you're supposed to be. Far too many people get in trouble because they're not sp uh, where they're supposed to be. Heard a tragic story several years ago about a husband and a wife who got in a bar fight. Like they were arguing at the bar. She ran outside, right? He was 50 feet behind her. She got hit by a car. She died. Be where you're supposed to be. Be where you're supposed to be. Forgive, reconcile. Be where you're supposed to be. And I think um, things will land in, in your favor more often than not. Amen? Amen. The last question I was going to ask is, um, sin and bad habits, which one does God forgive easier? Um, we're not going to get to that today. God forgives sins, right? He died on the cross for the atonement of our sins. He forgives them. He restores them. And as Bart even alluded to, he's the God that's chasing after us, running after us, undignified to welcome us back in. So it's done. Your sins are forgiven. Confess to be uh, forgiven to God. So let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this uh, forum type discussion. I pray that, that the seeds that you planted would, um, would forge a sword in our lives, that we would be able to combat um, bad habits and temptation. Bless us this week. May we come to life. May we have God-sized dreams. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Was this okay? Did you guys like this setting? All right, good. All right, thank you. See you guys next week. Hey, Invite a friend next week, right? Invite a friend.